0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Please be seated. Love that song um, because for us, it's a song that's come from this house, but it's um, it's not just a song. Um, it's not just something we sing. It's a it's a prophetic statement for us, and um, and we believe that God has gone ahead. and And as I come to share with you um, this morning, I feel a great sense of responsibility because I believe that God has laid a message on my heart. But um, it's. Um, it's not just about a message. It's about making a, another prophetic declaration, proclamation. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I say that because I don't want us to just approach, approach it as, as it were, another message. It's not, it's not about that today. Um, I believe that the Lord has um, just led us over the last, uh, well, over the last few months, actually, but over the last couple of weeks, as we talk about crossing over, I started a message last week, um, and uh, I'm going to uh, kind of be bringing the the sequel to that. In fact, not exactly, because I uh, the Lord so moved on last week's message that I never got to the end. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pinch a bit of last week's uh, and then move into what I plan to say this week. And around that um, was. To do, I, I spoke from Exodus 13 and 14. And um, I, I wanted to uh, just talk to us a moment. So there's a little bit of a teach before we kind of get to the preach. Because I want to equip um, people. Um, one of the things that we looked at last week in Exodus 13:21 was that by, the, by, the, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. And obviously my point last week as it is this week is that God guides us. Um, But I wanted to make reference to the fact that you know what? It's kind of a lot easier to know you're being guided by God when there's a pillar of fire in front of you or a pillar of cloud. You know, it's like when it moves, I move. I don't need to think about that too much. I know I'm being guided by God. So it's nice to, as it were, put out there conceptually that God guides. But I wanted to put some tools in your hand to help you understand what it it looks like, what it feels like when God is guiding you. Because, you know, you talk to all kinds of people and they're being guided by God. You know, even when they're not being guided by God, they're being guided by God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we won't go there, otherwise we won't get to the message. But, but, but I do think that God helps us um, even without um, a, a pillar of, uh, of 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 cloud. Without a pillar of fire, um, God gives us the ability to know by His Spirit. Now, the interesting thing is that I do believe that that what what God does by His uh, Spirit is more sure. Than a pillar of cloud or pillar of fire, um, but without those, without those uh, physical references, how can we know that God is guiding us? And I'm just going to give you uh, probably five simple points. Just to help you. I can't say that it's exhaustive or conclusive, but it will just help you to understand. Because we are a people, aren't we, who believe that God speaks to us and God guides us. The first point that I want to make is that God will speak to us through his word. Can I say that if we want to hear God and if we want to be guided by God, we do need to read his word. Having the Bible app on your phone does not mean that you read the Bible. It just means you've got the Bible app on your phone. You know, any more than carrying a Bible means that you read the Bible. We've we've got to engage with the Bible. And Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I mean, the thing is, each of these points, you could preach on a whole sermon in itself, but I wanted to just give us a, a taste and a flavor, as I say, it was the end of the sermon last week. So, when, when we read that, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path, um, the, 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 the picture is that, Often they used to carry a lamp, or it was actually they attached a lamp to their foot, so that they had enough light for the next step. Um, so I was thinking, you know, really, um, that's not kind of helpful in our modern world. So I was thinking of just about an illustration. Um, let's put, let's put it this way: if I'm when I'm driving in the dark, even when my headlights are on full, you can probably only see about 350 feet. Now, I want to say that that's not very far, but it's far enough. Because I can drive from here to Scotland only seeing 350 feet. I just have to only see 350 feet ahead and I can drive from here to Scotland i can drive from here to to France with the help of a ferry but i like, you know i don't have to be able to see ex- the whole distance i just need to be able to see the next part of the journey i just need to keep going using the light i have oh come on i'm preaching already i've not warmed up i've not stretched but we're going we're going we're going you you come on somebody you I I only just need to keep going using the light that I have and 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 that is an important thing when I'm being guided by God because let me tell you something we so often want to see the complete picture I want to tell you as someone who's been on the road a long while and some of you in this room can agree with me that it is an act of mercy that God does not give you the complete picture it is an act of mercy that he doesn't show you everything that you want to see because if it, it, it would not entice you or excite you. It would probably put you off. But God is with you as, and you just need to keep walking in the light that you have. But the Bible promises that his word will be a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Secondly, the Bible says that he will give us peace In our heart. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ. Rule in your hearts. Since as. Members of one body. You were called to peace. And be thankful. God. When you're being guided by God. There will be peace. In your heart. It's an inner peace. That overrides worry. Even. Despite what what natural circumstances may look like when I'm being guided by God, His peace should rule in my heart in spite of the circumstances, which leads to my third point, which means that confusion, the presence of confusion should be a warning sign. So I'm being guided by God. I'm guided by His Word. And the presence of peace in my heart. I'm not fearful. I, 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 even though there's plenty of opportunity to be worried, I have a peace that everything is going to be all right. It's something beyond, as it were, my natural personality, which means that the presence of confusion should be a warning sign. Why? Because First Corinthians, Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So I can, I, it's a great indicator to know that if I'm confused, if I'm in a state of confusion, this is not from God. Because God is not the author of confusion. God is the author of peace. Now, I would often say, you know, like, I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, I, I I think that sometimes confusion can often arise because we didn't do the thing that God asked us to do in the first place. It's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't like that option, God. I think I, I, I'm, I'm going to believe for something else. I know I've been praying and I've been believing, but I'm going to believe for something else. And that's when confusion can often uh, take seize the opportunity. But fourthly, the way, the, the way ahead will be affirmed by men and women who have a proven track record of hearing God be affirmed by men and women who have a proven track record of hearing God, not just someone who might tell you what you wanna hear. It's called godly counsel, godly counsel. I am so so surprised sometimes that people make massive decisions in their life saying that they've heard God, but they do not seek godly counsel. The Bible says in Acts fifteen twenty eight that it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Right. That's good. That's good. The Holy Spirit and to us. It wasn't just about oh I've heard God. It was about it was it was good. Uh, from the Holy Spirit, but to us it seemed right as well. There would be a, a, some, a sense in, in, in those who are listening to God that this is right and this is good. Second Corinthians 13 says, uh, this will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. It is a way, it is a safety net to make sure that I am hearing God and I'm not just stepping out on a whim. We all need it. And if we have truly heard God, it will stand up to scrutiny. We don't have to be afraid if we've truly heard God. Now, I'm not saying that that is foolproof. It's not, These points are not taken just as individual measures. They all work together. I'm not saying that, you know, like, Maybe we've all got stories. I've got stories of of where God definitely spoke to me, and others have not necessarily seen it that way. But then, at least, it says that you know I, I wait and I go back to God. I, you know that you know to drive the car, you need brakes and you need accelerator. Because if it's all if it's all brakes, you're going nowhere. But if it's all accelerator, you're going to crash. So we need both. And, it, and, and so it will stand up to scrutiny. Fifthly, every word from God is subject to the timings of God. Just because you've heard something today, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. You're speaking to someone who waited 20 years for something to come to pass. Not two months, not two years, 20 years. God spoke to me and it came to pass. But having to, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's happened to you. And finally, we, we should be very careful not just to be led by our circumstances because circumstances can be very misleading. I think that... that it is—it's a dangerous thing to only by, be led by favorable circumstances as proof that God is with us. Because when I read in the Bible, there were many times that God was with people and things didn't look like they were working out that well. Especially in the story we're just about to go into. So, but we, but we, but we, um, we. Apply all those points, and it helps us get a sense of whether we are hearing God or not. So that I, I, I it, and it, it just enables us, it equips us to understand: is this God, or is it not? And and sometimes it is God, but it's a timing issue. It's just it's just not for now. It's just not for this moment. You know, like you cannot microwave the promises of God. You know, it's like, you know, let's get there quickly. Let's do this quickly. I know we live in a world of instance, but God, God, is, God is not subject to our present day culture. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he will do it his way. Will you wait for him? Will you wait for him? Is that helpful? Okay, so that was a little bit of a teacher. How do I know when God is guiding me? Because, and that can, it can be a, a real help to us, but particularly when we are making significant decisions in our lives. So, Exodus 14 says this that as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. Last week we looked at how God had led the Israelites Answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night. The cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with the strong east wind and turned it into dry land, dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. And during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. It's a bit of a chunk of the Bible, but we need to get the Bible context of the story. We can't just live our lives off sound bites from the Bible. We need to get context. And that gives you some context. This is a real story. It's a historical event. God is real. God is powerful. The same God who led out the children of Israel out of Egypt and delivered them is our God. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed his name. He hasn't changed his address. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is there for us. Moses turned to the people as they were in panic and he said, do not be afraid because fear will mess with your perspective says this they were terrified and cried out to the Lord they said to Moses was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt didn't we say to you in Egypt leave us alone let us serve the Egyptians Uh, no no you didn't you were perfectly happy While they were giving you their gold and their silver and their jewels and you were singing and you were happy. But now things haven't gone quite as you thought they were going to go. Because when God is on the move, when God is doing something His way, things do not always go the way you expect them to go. Because funnily enough, God is not operating to your agenda You are working to his agenda. He is not here to please you. You are here to please him and to do it his way. Moses said, do not be afraid. Because fear is messing with your perspective. You are missing what is happening in this moment. Fight, flight, or freeze are all responses to fear. None of them. Were appropriate for this moment because they have all left, led to death. But, but you can respond with another F, faith. You can there, you can respond to fear with faith, which is which is what Moses was saying. Stand firm. Stand firm when you are. Losing your understanding of your circumstances, you need to stand firm because God is not trying to kill you. He's trying to save you. He's trying to save you, but you are finding yourself overwhelmed by the circumstances. I need somebody to know today that running away is not always the answer. What are you running away from? Look, God is wanting you to have faith for. Bible says you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you. See, there are some deliverances that only God can give you. It is not, there are some things that are our responsibility, but there are some things that that God takes full responsibility for and He will do it. Sometimes all you can do is wait and watch for God to be God. That's all you can do. You just got to wait and be patient and trust Him. Lean not on your own understanding, but trust That God has got you. God has got these circumstances. And the promise was that the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. You see, this is significant because God in all the fear and the fright and the confusion and the upset, God was making a declaration that there is something that has ruled your life for centuries that is about to come to an end. It's about to change. I know you don't feel like that right now. I know you feel a little overwhelmed with what is surrounding you, but you need to understand that in all this, God is trying to get something to you. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. You see, God is... The Alpha, but he is also the Omega. He is the beginning, but he is also the end. And when he declares an end, it is the end. Done, finished, final, finito. It's the end of an era. When God says it's over, it's over. The Egyptians, you see today, you will never see again. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. God was leading them into new territory, into a new era. Oh my God, let those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. God is leading us into a new era. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Interesting connotation. There's a lot in that word still, but I want to just draw your attention to the word still. It's it's actually about being quiet. It's about being quiet. And and it's not only about being quiet as in you stop talking, it is about that, but it's also about stop listening. In fact, you could actually say, act deaf. In other words, there are things going on in your ears that you're listening to that you need to stop listening to it. It could be something external like the noise of the chariots and the Egyptians' horses, who's in their ears. It could be something of the shouts of the Egyptians as they're coming towards them or it could be the noise even louder that's in your own head. And, and, and we need to understand that God is trying to get us to a place of stillness. Stop talking. Stop listening. I preached a, a message a couple of weeks ago called Lion. Talked about the devil is like a roaring lion. Didn't say he was a lion. He said he was like a roaring lion. We look at a roaring lion. The roar of a lion can be, can be, it's so loud. It's like, if you remember, I said it's like sitting on the front row of a rock concert or sitting on the front row of a worship service at Heart Church. It, it's, it's, it's that loud, it's that loud. It could be heard up to 8K away. But, 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 that, but that is just noise. The devil is like a roaring lion. He's not a lion, he's like one. And it's all about the noise, be still. Stop listening to the noise and listen to God. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Find a place of stillness in all the noise, because He is the waymaker. This passage also teaches us that as the people rose up in fear and told Moses to, um, well, you know, why, why have you done to us? Why have you got us into this place? You know that. The, the, Moses, I don't know whether he got caught up in the moment, but, but he, he went before God. And, and, and the next point I want to make to you is, you, you need to understand that sometimes you've just got to stop praying and do something. There's a soundbite for you. Pastor Malcolm told us to stop praying. What, what am I saying by that? I, what I'm saying is that sometimes what I'm praying about it is an excuse for not doing what I should be doing. We use prayer as an excuse. We hide behind it when we actually know already what we should be doing. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water. So the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground God said God said to Moses stop praying stop crying out to me I've equipped you I have given you what you need for this moment what do you have in your hand Moses what have I already put in your hand use what I've already given you stop crying out to me when you're not when when I've already placed in your hand what you need For this moment, I have not left you bereft for this moment. You have what you need. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You may not have anticipated this moment. You may have not, it maybe wasn't prophesied. You didn't see it. You thought it was going to go a different way. But you need to understand that God has equipped you for this moment. He has already put what you need in your hand. Use what is in your hand. Use what is in your hand. Turn to someone and say, use what is in your hand. Use what God has given you. And, and, and the truth is that what is in your hand will often not seem like it's enough. The enormity of the challenge will seem so much greater than what I'm carrying in my hand. But I've come to tell you today that if God says it's enough, it is enough. It's not about what it looks like. It's not about what it feels like. It doesn't have to look strong. It doesn't have to feel strong. It just has to be the thing that God put in your hand. It's what's on it. It's what's on it. The authority God had given him. The authority for this moment. God has given us authority. God has stopped being overwhelmed stop being overwhelmed. God has given you authority. He has given you authority in your classroom. He has given you authority in your home. He has given you authority in your office. He has given you authority in your lecture hall. God has given you authority. Use what he's already given you. It's in your hand. This, this walk to freedom was multigenerational. This was not the young, and it wasn't the old. It was it was young. It was old. It was babies. It was everything in between. This this walk to freedom that, that, that when God when God opens up a way, it includes everybody. I'm not saying it's not without challenge. I'm not saying that some people don't need help. I'm not saying that some people don't need to be carried. I, I'm not saying that some people, uh, you know, don't need to be put on, a, on the back of a cart and dragged along. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that we can all get there if we're looking out for one another. I want you to know that, that in, in, in the days ahead, when we move out from this building, we can all get there. We can all get there. We might have to help one another a little bit, but we can all get there because what God has ordained includes everybody. There is nobody that needs to be left behind. There is nobody that needs to be left out. And I would say that it's really important that we understand that we are not moving out of this place on a whim We are not moving out of this place because it just seems like a good idea. We are moving out of this place because we believe, I believe, God has spoken to me. And that is what we are doing. We are obeying the Lord. Therefore, it will be well. It will be okay. It will be better than okay. It will be amazing. Why? Because we're obeying the Lord. And I don't know how it's all going to work out, but... All we need is 350 feet. We just need to be able to see 350 feet. That's all we need to be able to see. We'll just walk in the light we have, but we'll just keep walking and it will become clear. We're going to get there. We're going to get there using the light we have. We're going to get there. This, this walk to freedom, it was a walk from It was a walk from slavery and restriction. It was a walk from disappointment and devastation. It was a walk from limitation and loss. It was a walk from generational bondage. It was a walk from, God is leading us from some stuff. There are some things That have hampered our journey that God is leading us from. But He's not only leading us from, He's leading us through. Because it was a walk through. They were walking through what they should not have been able to walk through. My God. God is going to take you through some stuff that you should not have been able to walk through. But you are not gonna come out the other side weakened by your experience. You're gonna come out the other side strengthened, stronger. Why? Because God is leading you through. The waters will not wash over you. You will not drown. Why? Because God told you to go through. You're gonna make it. You're gonna come out the other side. God is gonna get you to walk through a miracle. A wall of water on one side a wall of water on the other, but just keep walking. Just keep walking. I'm, I'm sorry, but I just can't get beyond the fact that as I'm walking with a wall of water on my right, and a wall of water on my left, I cannot get beyond the fact that there'll be something in the hearts and minds of the Israelites that would be saying, this shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. It, this doesn't make sense. It's, it's happening. It's working. But, but, But I'm saying that we, we need to walk through some stuff where our own hearts and minds would be saying, it shouldn't work. It shouldn't be happening, but it's happening. Why? Because God has made a way where there is no way. That is the God we serve. That is the God you serve. That is the God who is overseeing your circumstances. We are walking from, we are walking through, and we are walking to. It's not just about what we're walking from. It's not just about what we're walking through. It's about what we're walking to. It's about what God is getting us to because we are going somewhere. Do not judge your future by the past. Do not future the present by what you've already experienced because God is getting ready to change the game. God is getting ready to change everything. You think you know this, you think you understand this because all your life you have lived believing that this was all there was, but God was bringing them out. He was ex- exposing to them, them to something that not only them, but generations before had never seen. It was a walk to freedom. It was a walk to the fulfillment of promises. It was a walk into destiny. I want to I say this, that we, we are walking from, we are walking through, and we are walking to. God is, God is taking us. That's what this season is about. That's what this season is about. This is about from, it's about through, and it's about to. This was, this was not just a day trip. This was a, a monumental shift in the spiritual realm. God had heard the cries of his people and he had moved, he had acted. There was movement, there was a shift. Last week, my wife's car got stuck in the snow. Can't believe it, can you? This time last week, what it was like compared to today. My wife's car got stuck in the snow. And uh, the battery was flat. Don't need to worry about how that happened. It's not important to the story. But the, the, the car was stuck. And uh, Andy Dickin, God bless him, came to the rescue with his jump leads. Thank you, Andy. A round of applause for Andy there. He is that guy. But the Lord began to speak to me that we actually we actually had to drive past the, the car, thanks the, uh, the big noise, uh, uh, Dave and Lynn came to pick us up and they 4 4x4 and, and God is here and we actually had to drive past it by the, by the side and it was just an interesting thing that as the Lord brought it back to my mind, you know the, the car had fuel in it. It, it it had all the potential but it was stuck because he didn't have the power Andy Dickon brought the power yeah. that released the potential yeah. so that we were no longer stuck this is what I want to declare I believe that God is bringing the power to release our potential so that we're no longer stuck we've been stuck the people the people of Israel were stuck they've been stuck they've been stuck for generations but God sent His power to release the potential and they were no longer stuck I believe that God is said even before we've put one step in front of the other we're moving we're moving God God is God 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 is God is sending His His power to get us unstuck and I was thinking about how how again to to host this moment and can you believe it the Spirit of God (laughs) dropped into my heart some lyrics again and um because it's this is not just about a preach it's about a a prophetic moment and um Joe's learned to dread now. Joe my son has learned to dread. When I said I think I think I might have uh, you know like it's Tuesday and uh, I think this might become a song. And I sent it I sent it through to him and it was it was we're going to they're going to sing it to us. But it was it was around that we are moving and we are marching. There's a there's a Zulu word. Africa's my second home. And there's a Zulu word, siyahamba, which means we are walking, we are marching. And it was it was something that we've got to we've got to carry a march in our hearts before our feet start marching. We've got to something's gotta happen within us. God is God is loosening up the circumstances, he's changing the things around us, but he needs something to happen inside of us. God will divide the water, but we've got to walk through. We've got to move. We've got to do something. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.